I was supposed to be very, very nervous in that particular scene, and just before I went on to the set, Hitch said something to me that made me so angry and so nervous. Actress Tippi Hedren, today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Have you ever seen the Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds? Well, if you have, you've seen Tippi Hedren. She was the star of that movie. Well, the birds were the star, but she was the, the human star of that movie. Alfred Hitchcock signed her up when she was just barely out of her teens. And she starred in two movies for him, uh, The Birds and Marnie. But after, after an acting career of several years, she and her husband started a wildlife res- a preserve, a, wi- a private wildlife preserve on their property in the San Fernando Valley in California. It's called the Shambhala Preserve. It's a 72-acre wild animal rescue park that she runs, and she's lived there since 1983. She wrote a book about it back in 1985, and that's when I met Tippi Hedren. Tippi Hedren from 1985. How many times do you suppose, in the years since The Birds has come out, have you been asked, what was it like to work with Alfred Hitchcock? I I don't know that we can count that far, (laughs) I think... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it, it, you know, and, and it's such a complicated question, too, because I think if we had three or four hours to sit and discuss him, maybe we could touch a part of of the complexities of the man. How and many... it's so funny, too. He loved to think of himself as being a very simple person. And, of course, everyone who worked with him just kind of went, <laughs> yes, really. <laughs> <laughs> the man was a genius. He had a great sense of humor. He... um uh, was very self-indulgent. He um, he was brutal. He was uh, he loved holding court. You said that he did things to you when you were making the birds. He said things to you. Well, he you know, he was he's a very manipulative. He was a very manipulative man. And um, this being my first film, I don't know whether he would um, treat other. You know, very, very established actors the same way that he he did me. I can't, I have no way to say that. But, um, you know, there were different scenes where he wanted, oh, I can give you an example in Marnie, uh, when Sean Connery finds me after I have literally ripped him off, you know, um, he um, wanted me to look very, very... Uh, the scene was, uh, I was very, very tense and nervous. I have been discovered, you know. And uh, it was uh, after uh, Marnie has left, she has stolen the money and uh, bleached her hair and is off riding her horse, and Sean Connery finds her out riding and brings her back to the hotel and says, pack it up, we are coming with me, and she doesn't want to go. And... I was supposed to be very, very nervous in that particular scene, and just before I went on to the set, Hitch said something to me that made me so angry and so nervous, but I was much too professional to walk off the set or do anything. I just said, I will carry through with this scene. But what it did was it made me almost forget my lines, which is was perfect, because I was you know, searching for the words and, and uh, all that sort of thing. So the cause and the effect... Were uh, it did exactly what he wanted to do. It's incredible. Not caring how, what was going on in my emotions or my feelings, you know. It's amazing that he had that 
ability to pick out the one thing to do oh, that would make you. It was fantastic. Uh, in in the birds when we were uh, doing one of the remember in the in the house where the birds had had been attacking everybody. They were had done terrible things. The children at the party, the mm-hmm. the man with his eyes pecked out. I mean, all these different things we had seen. All of that. Mm-hmm. And they had boarded up the house and were sitting in the house and everything was just dead quiet. And then all of a sudden, the sound started building up. Well, to aid the actors in that scene, Hitch had a drummer come in. And he had a very, very slow drum roll that started. And then it built and built and built and built to this crescendo. And it aided all of us in our performances, you know. It's incredible. Yeah. How many times do you suppose Hitch was asked, what was it like working with Tippy Hedren? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's never been asked of me. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's terrific. Unfortunately, I can't answer that. Was there ever any thought given to a Birds 2? We've had Psycho 2, not made by Alfred Hitchcock, of course, but uh, was... Oh, you know, I, I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, you know, because I think the only thing that, that could have, could have come out of that was an analogy of the birds was at the end of the world. You know, because, of course, this is a bit of an analogy uh, to, to the atomic or, you know, nuclear, um, warfare, that kind of thing. And I don't know whether, might be interesting. That's kind of a, I suppose, a mark of of Hitchcock's integrity too. That there are mm-hmm. some producers in Hollywood today who, if if something is success is is as successful, let me say that as uh, as oh, the let's Birds everybody was. do it. Right. Yeah, let's everybody do it, and let's let's <laughs> make this do... sequel, no matter how illogical it <laughs> might be. Let's let's make another <laughs> yes. one. Let's make five more. What yes, the heck? Yes, absolutely. But right. uh, and sometimes that's successful. Sometimes it isn't. You're here today. You're telling us about the cats of Shambhala. What does Shambhala mean? Sham, Sham. Well, I don't. I wish. Or am somebody, I pronouncing I it wish right? I, well, I don't know. Uh, I wish somebody was uh, an expertise in Sanskrit and would let me know whether it's Shambhala or Shambhala. I like to say Shambhala. I think it sounds nice. Uh, Shambhala is a Sanskrit word, and it means a meeting place of peace and harmony for all beings, animal and human. That seems to pretty well sum up what you've got. Yes, I think it does too. And I am so proud of this book. I mean, it has been wonderful to have been in, you know, these the Hitchcock films and the Chaplin films and and to have accomplishments during your life, but to have a goal that of something that I had never done before, of writing a book. You got some fascinating pictures in here. I think I mean, so. This is pictures well, that, that you'll never find in any what, zoo. What could be oh, that's true. What could be more fascinating than beautiful pictures of those magnificent beasts? The lion and the tiger and the elephant and... Yeah, I've got to wonder, you must get hurt. I mean, you must get nipped every now and then. Somebody, oh, yes, uh, we do. Somebody uh, gets a little rambunctious with the teeth or something mm-hmm. like that. Yes, we do. The tigers especially. The tigers are our big knee fans. They really love to walk along and then just grab you by the knee. And uh, we have to, you know, be very, very firm about not letting them do that. But the, every one of them like the knees. You know, they just reach around and... Is that part of their instinct? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Say, yeah, I, uh, 
do you have to have a lot of licenses and permits? I thought you. I thought there were restrictions on having exotic tremendous, animals. Tremendous, and I, th- I am, I applaud all of them. We have to have city, county, state, um, federal, fish and game, agriculture. Um, anytime we film, the um, you know the ASPCA is there. These are not specifically trained studio cats, mm-hmm. as um, you know most animals are that work in films. So we are limited as to what kinds of, of actions we can do for films. But we have a very, very beautiful setting and all that sort of thing. And uh, so sometimes we lease out our uh, preserve for that kind of thing. And sometimes our animals work. They don't They don't really like to do that. And the, the lion and the tiger, all the big cat, are very, very independent souls anyway. In fact, I took a, um, my lovely darling Buster Leopard on Merv Griffin's show a couple of weeks ago and he didn't want to go and so I said Buster you I, you know come on all you have to do is just sit around and um, <laughs> you told you know, him that yes I did and he so he sat on the couch next to me and at one point I reached over and I kind of you know patted him under the chin and I said now see there Buster it isn't so bad is it aren't you having a good time and he looked over and he at me and he went <laughs> you know <laughs> He hissed at me, and he was. It was just a statement. I knew what he was saying. Of course, Merv Griffin became very. You know, well, he went, "Whoa, look at that!" Maybe he wanted a shot in Carson instead. Oh, well, that's not a bad idea too. <laughs> I'm sure he'd like that. But the, um, in fact, I've been trying to ask my, my cheetah if he will go with me to the studios, and he says absolutely not. I said, "Well, I'll try again next week." You know, <laughs> but they are wonderful. Yeah, I. I suspect some people will will hear about you and that maybe they aren't aware of what you've been doing. They'll see the book in the bookstore and they'll say, wow, I didn't know that's what she's doing these days. I'm really surprised. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been surprised? Have you ever woke up some morning and said, I'm really doing this? I suppose I do, but I'll tell you one thing. I don't ever, ever look at those cats without thinking how magnificent they are. I have, in the 15 years that I've been doing this, that working with the big cat getting to know him, to understand him and her, uh, that I haven't said, aren't you magnificent? Not in your physical being, but in your total personality. You know, you know, there is a great deal more to the big cat than, than being the ferocious animal that we have all been led to believe. Um, he's very funny. He has a great capacity for love. Uh, he has a sense of humor. You know, all of those things. But... You know, I and I I don't feel this is is particularly unique in a in a vocation or avocation. I'm sure that oh, I'm sure that airplane pilots never tire of looking at the changing skies, you know, or that people who become um very very uh involved with a sport, you know, whether it's baseball or football, that they ever become bored with that. You know, I mean there's so, but um, the fascinating parts of these animals is, is such a thrill. I've heard the lions roaring for you know all the time, and and, and they they never roar on cue. It's always their communication with each other. And I was in one of the compounds the other day, and several of the cats. We have thirteen compounds, and several of the cats in another area started to roar, and then the cats in my 
the compound that I was in started to roar. And I was able to put my arms around that animal while he was roaring. It's the first time that I was actually next to a cat when they started to roar. You know, usually you're far away from them or mm-hmm. you're in your house or whatever. And I could not only hear that beautiful, wonderful sound, but I could feel the bi- oh, wow. vibrations in that body. It comes from way down in their bellies, you know. And it was such a thrill. I mean, the, every day of my life on that ranch is a, is, is a wonder. This weekend is Tippi Hedren's 90th birthday. She was born January 19, 1930. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, Martin Luther King Day. I'll be sharing with you my 1992 interview with Coretta Scott King as she shares her thoughts about her late husband and his legacy. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Thank you.